welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy Wise. I am Hardy Wise. Join me now, won't you? Well, that's a question. I'm waiting for you to answer. Yes, I will join you. Thank you, friend. Thank you. I'll be more like children's shows where they ask you a question and they expect you to answer, then they act like they heard you. I said, I'm going to be like a children's show where they ask you a question. Oh, you were, I'm sorry. I thought you said what? Bless you. I am about to go to England. I just feel like I am. And also I have reservations. And also I'm expected. Because Vicky invited me. And a bunch of other people. There's 180 people have been invited to this. No, that's not true. It's actually a very exclusive low number. And I am one of those. And we're going to be performing there, kind of. I will be mainly standing there with a microphone going, how about that? But I love that. That's my favorite thing to do, is sort of cheerlead like that. And I know there's a hype man. That's what I am, a hype man. And I don't mind doing that. And Vicky likes when I come out on stage and I have a mirror. And I dance around and she looks in the mirror and everything. I love that. Got that from Morris Day. But, um, and she's really just a, picked it up now and said, I like that. Uh, it's a nice touch. It's very showman. It feels like James Brown, but the way we do it, we put two mirrors together and it's this recursive infinity. And it even says something even more. Well, I'm going there soon, so I just... It's not that I don't have time to put together a show. Oh, my goodness. I've got all the time in the world. My focus as a person with anxiety. Now, what kind of anxiety to have, Hardy? I have the kind where there's just a blank in front of anxiety. You can put anything in there. Name it just a verb. Any verb, pretty much. And uh, nouns, some nouns. So I'm a little nervous about this, and I really have to concentrate. And then it's problematic because as I'm traveling, especially internationally, I look very suspicious because I feel like, oh, God, they're going to imprison me. Just I only think that because I've read novels where that happens. But they're like, they're very dated, and I don't know that that, happens to anyone anymore when they travel internationally but it used to and you could be locked in the tower of london for a good long time just because you didn't have the right stamp on your visa or whatever i don't even they say everything differently too garage i'm gonna be lost but anyway i I still need a show because uh when you get when you get a show on WFMU, you get, it's really awful. The way that Ken guarantees you get the show is he comes in and he goes, these are two, here's two puppies. I get one and you get one puppy. I was like, oh no. So that's the whole thing. So I don't want anything to happen to the, the puppy that he gets. And uh, if I want to keep him alive, old Spunk, or I forget his name, we named him. Then I want to keep the shows coming. Here is what my idea was then. I'm going to be bringing with me some of the premiums uh, of past proper marathons. And one of them is one called a story, my story record. So this show is not what you call a repeat, but it's my story record that's available. It might even be from the story. You might still be able to get it. Past premiums sometimes are available like that. I sell them when I go to cons. No, I don't go to cons. Oh, I wish. Oh, that'd be lovely. I think you would just have to... I don't think you have to be invited. I think you just have to pay for a booth or something, don't you? I could do that. As heard on. And uh, go out there, have a little... Get a, a WFMU banner. And uh, no line. That'll be wonderful. I think that people appreciate that. It's so rare to go to a con and see a booth like yours, Hardy, with no line. I go, I know, just no, there's no waiting. They say, how much for an autograph? And I said, well, listen, I don't have much, but I'd be willing to pay you 10 bucks, I guess, for you to take one. So come on out. Here's, so I'm going to play some these selections. This is just like album side. I remember we used to do that at 
college. We'd go album side at five and six and seven. We're just, and what am I going to do? I'm just going to use the bathroom here because my roommate doesn't like me to number two in the apartment. So I come down to the radio station to do it. That used to be the college way. I think there's even a sign at WFMU said, don't do that. We're on to you. We're older now. So we know that whole, that whole thing. Work pooers are the, they're a type. So why have you, you have a bathroom at home, schedule it. Like you can, I've worked on it for a while. You can get it where you can schedule it. You say, oh, I'm not, I wish I was that regular. It's totally possible. And you can do it. And uh, it's just like a, it's a, I wish I could introduce a good brand muffin to you. And it's like a little clock. It'll make you into a clock, a sort of clock. You can always tell the time. Say, so here it comes. I know what time it's about to be. Listen, I need to play these for you because there's some of them, and some of them are strange, and I'm embarrassed by them. I am what they call impressionable. I don't. I'm very conscious that I have no ideas of my own, and that when I see something or hear it, I want to reproduce what I've seen or heard, and then I don't do it well. Did you ever see those people, the very gifted savants or something, and they just hear a piece once and then they can play it, whether it's Bach or Chopin or Trying to think of it. I was going to add a third composer that wasn't very well known, but I couldn't think of anybody. I can't do that, So, but I do like to mimic. I'm a sort of mimic, like a monkey or some foolish thing. And the, all my art is that, is mimicry. I realized that not long ago. Because people have been yelling at me for years that saying that to me, but I just now opened my ears and let it in. And I thought, yes, you're right. I am. I love, I'm a hack. I love it. So uh, what I do is I'll hear something like a story record that gives me nostalgia from when I was a kid. And a lot of times they were so naive and wonderful and corny, and I want to reproduce them. And I don't quite get it. It's not quite parody, right? It's not quite homage. It's just wrong. I do everything. I just do it wrong. And I thought that's a way to do art. I thought. No one ever said that, but I thought that was just an unstated thing, but it is not. It is not one of the things that people do. So it can be a little confounding when people listen to my show and they say, I don't understand. Is it, is it parody? Is he doing it? They all sound like like Weeblo skits. Like, oh, we got a Weeblo meeting tonight, and everybody's supposed to do a skit. Did you guys do a skit? And you go, well, no, we're going to get one out of the Boy, or the Boy Scout or Weeblo skit book. It has suggestions, and we're going to do one of those, and they're always really bad. And that's, I feel like that's what I'm doing is Weeblo skits. What's the Weeblos? The Weeblos is the junior high of scouting. It's like between Cub Scouts, which is a thing, and Boy Scouts, which everybody agrees is a thing. And then they have like, what are we going to do with the little, with like the little boys with mustaches or whatever they are? Just the horrible little between age. They need to get their own thing separated from, they're not Cubbies and they're not proper Boy Scouts. And uh, what are they? They're more like, they're tiny little Marines or something. But we can't do that. We can't put them in special forces at 13 or whatever so what they do is they put them in the weeblos which is an acronym for weeblow something we 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 are not i forget i took a it's so funny i pledged my allegiance to it now i'm i would do nothing i wouldn't cross the street for a checkered scarf uh, that's not the true there's a scouting i'm always fascinated by this there's a scouting supply place not far from my home and I could walk there. And I don't know if you're supposed to go in there if you don't do anything. I was thinking about, like, you know, being a fake scoutmaster. They wouldn't check, you know. I'm from the new Reformed Jewish congregation, uh, Beth, uh, Beth what? Beth Jacobs. And uh, we're uh, uh, the new, what's, uh, what's the troop number? Oh, you know, 409? <laughs> As you look at the shelf. I don't know if they latch it, but I love the, you know, I like accoutrements. I like little things. I like, I would switch. If your religion has a really nice gift shop, I would consider converting. 
because and I think there's some Judaica shops that would have you would flip you. But like I've been in also some churches and things. You go, that is lovely. I don't know what I have to. Who has to dunk me from to get permission to hang that on on my wall? Because that's lovely. I guess I'm not really taking that. I don't understand religion correctly, because to me it's a style choice. But I think that's not accurate. Um, just, but I wish it were. Oh my goodness! Just some of the the clothes, especially for the for their. Um, Whatever their their priest, everyone's priestly classes. A lot of them have really lovely, lovely flowing robes and everything. And a lot of the defunct religions too had wonderful uh, headdresses or whatever. The Time Lords is one I'm thinking about that had enormous collars, almost looked like the the collar of shame they put on dogs so they won't bite their wounds. And um, Oh, listen, I, I don't mean to digress. Here I am over here. I'm supposed to be over here. I'm over wandering over here. Um, I, had a fr- I met a friend. Uh, he, he's a friend now. He was a listener. And uh, just such an interesting person. And we couldn't, uh, I didn't want to say goodbye and stop talking. So we just wandered around a shopping mall, continuing to, you know me, I can talk like crazy. And People think they want to say, I'd love to meet Hardy and talk. And then they're just ready. At, at one point, they're going, man, you, that's a lot of talking. I go, oh, no, I'm sorry. We can sit in silence. I do that, too. But I will make you, I will make you feel odd quickly. Because I might look. I don't know what kind of look I'm given. Um, sometimes it's a sad. I'm doing a sad, sad clown look right now. And I don't know why that would be. I wouldn't be feeling it. I just pull faces, you know, like. My goodness, it's that awkward. I just feel I'm comfortable being. Oh, I love I love awkwardity, awkwardness. I wish it was call it awkwardity though. I'm gonna play these uh, uh, selections now, and uh, maybe I'll even comment on them. The first one is off like a sort of Aladdin record I had when I was a child, and I loved it. I would sit in the corner, and the it was Rimsky Korsakov's uh, uh, Shahrazad was the, the music on the story record. And then it was just a, a, a lovely voice uh, narrating it like this. So um, that got in my head, and uh, I did a thingy of that, we blow skit. Alaban was a lost young child who lived in a cave high above the forest. Alaban would stand on the ledge of the cave's mouth and look at the lush green blanket of treetops. They imagined the clouds were more blankets and that the whole world was tucked into a bed and that Alaban was their benevolent sovereign who watched over them from their palace high atop the sacred mountain. But it wasn't a palace and Alaban was as poor as anyone could be. There were bears they knew of that had more, for Alaban didn't even have a stash of berries now, and it was becoming clear every moment that they would have to climb down from the safety of the cave into the dark and dangerous forest below. They would have to explore under the covers, under the bed. Welcome to Storytime, where all events and all experiences are reduced to stories with a beginning, a middle, and an end, or as we say here at Storytime, a head, a thorax, and an abdomen. Finding a story is like finding a clock in the forest. We are relieved that finally there is order amidst the chaos. Stories define us. It's like stripping all the flesh off of experience and getting down to the bones which we can line up and make sense of. If there's a picture that is too complicated to memorize or interpret, just keep erasing parts of it until it takes the shape of something familiar. Make it your story. I'm out here in West Makington in a tiny suburban neighborhood to search out a story that is both hard to believe and absolutely expected. 
It's the story of a man named Don Bourgeoisie who turned into a house and then back again. What's it like to be one of these suburban houses we have all seen, if not visited, or even grown up in? We're going to let him tell that story. Don? Yes, come on in. Thank you. Oh, nice house. I'm sure they appreciate that. Who appreciates that? The house. Ah, oh, come on in, please sit down. Don, I'm here to get your story. All right. What story is that? The one where you turn into a house. Oh, that's my actual life. That really happened. I know. We'd love to hear the story. Uh, it's not a story. It's, a, it's something that occurred, like a concert or a disease. Yes, tell us about how it happened and what it was like. So, take some of the events and plug them into the story template. So, for instance, take myself and say that I'm the main character. Yes, exactly like that. Well, where do I begin? You decide. I mean, if I start telling you things I remember, starting on the day I turned into a house, it'll leave you baffled as to why it happened. But if I begin with meeting Hardy White and the time machine, it could take a few years to tell. That's leaving out my life up to that point. Well, just start on the day you turned into a house. Start what? The story. All right. Once upon a time, except, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this really happened, right? Yes, but in conjunction with other things, not by itself, like I'm implying. I mean, I turned into a house because of a time machine mishap, but there's other causes too, and then there's the whole dimension of my experience, which has some feelings so complicated I can only express them in sounds. Rhythmic, mournful sounds. Just start with, my name is Don Bourgeoisie, and I was a house. Oh, that sounds good. My name is Don Bourgeoisie, and I was a house. And? And as much as the feeling persists that a soul resides within, we rarely feel our ghost push up against the internal walls of our body. But if your consciousness resides in a house, you would acutely experience the pressure and constraint of the actual walls that now house your spirit. The firefly in the jar is at least twice imprisoned by his body, and by the jar, and by the earth itself. I hover over neighborhoods in my mind so I can walk the streets again, at least as a distant dreamer. I do this so often, I become a bird, and I'm free, finally, to sit on wires and treetops and make the whole sky my town. Uh, you, you became a bird also? I didn't have an actual bird body, no. We're trying to get your story here, Don, of how you turned into a house, and then what conflicts arose, and then what meaning you assigned to the whole thing. All right. The real estate agent walked through the house and told half-truths about the newness of the roof and the desirability of the neighborhood. He made sweeping gestures to indicate the space in the house was vast, and the asking price, well, that could be negotiated. Can't everything be negotiated, even the truth? The couple will be happy here, and perhaps they need just a little push to take a risk. He saw visions of idyllic and harmonious days and lovely meals and emotional life events playing out for those who would live here. He was a benevolent storyteller, luring the dreamers and hopeful into a space. Uh, all right, this is very nice, Don. Could you start with the date you turned into a house? Like, it was November 2nd. It was just an ordinary day. Start with the date? Yes. Okay, that's not possible because there was no date. It was a time machine accident. It happened in between time, sort of. All right, just... You are asking me to assemble half-truths to make and argue for a particular worldview. That is not the way I experienced this event. It was complicated, confusing, outside of time, and for the most part, unrelatable chronologically. I can try to express what I felt, which is as close as you're going to get, my friend. 
Lou and Butchie left the coffee on, the lights on, the dishes dirty, and they're not even here. And they left the radio on. Radio? That didn't even look familiar. Maybe Butchie made a radio from a kit. I'll tune in something to keep me company while I clean up. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high in the low 70s, low overnight 50 degrees. About a 20% chance of rain overnight and then clearing mid-morning. Should be a lovely mild day after that. Wind speed 5 miles an hour, hardly any wind. This is W-B-B-B-A-M-O-M-O. Friends, is it hard to get a good night's sleep on that lumpy old mattress? Hard to stay asleep if you can't fall asleep in the first place. Welcome to a revolutionary new way of sleeping, music bed. Music bed lulls you to sleep with the same technology we've used on children for years. Calming, soothing sounds provide full body comfort and custom sleep adjustment for the best night's sleep you've ever had. Doctors agree if you don't rest, you're not your best. Sleep through the night and beyond with Music Bed. Music Bed is available at Don Blemmer's, Don Martin, Don Freeman's. Worldwide last year, over 800,000 people experienced involuntary radio immersion, becoming trapped in radio receivers and antennae, absorbed into radio waves through listening and moderate exposure to broadcast frequencies. For some, there is no way out. Others have managed to return to non-radio life and live healthy, normal lives, but not without help. Radio Rescue is in over 20 countries, retrieving souls lost in strange, staticky worlds, but we can't do it alone. We need your help. Donate or volunteer today. Call 1-800-JBOO-FLY-ABOUT-68 for more information and pull the plug on Radio Immersion. We really are going forward at a good clip, aren't we, deck peasant? It's bosun, sir, and I we are. What do you suppose makes this ship move forward like this? I'm fairly certain it correlates with a good, strong, steady wind. Wind, eh? Yes, Captain. I'm not so sure. What's your theory, Captain? I think we are being pulled along by angels using invisible ropes. Very soft ropes, too, like a satin, but invisible. The reason is, I saw this image in my head and I said, Oh, enchanted and magical beings of the spirit world, guide us to our destination. And now they are. That may very well be. For redundancy's sake, though, we are using maps and a sextant and a compass. Hmm, superstitions die hard, don't they? Not even sure we should live without them. What harm does it do for you to do your little calculations on your charts and all? Whither the invisible toe angels may tug. True. I'm not blaming anyone because I know it was the ship's wheel come to life and crawling around like a spider. But my left glove is missing. It's on the ship's wheel, Captain. Oh, if it had been a tankard of ale, it would have bit me. Bonoza Travel Systems brings you another in its series of programs on science. Humans' insistence on understanding nature's laws. It is written, Now the time has come. There are things to realize. Time has come today. Time has come today. Time. What is time? When we try to say what it is, it eludes us. Yet we can measure it from the tiniest fraction to the largest megafraction. We know it when we see it, but it changes. We talk about it and say something is past or present or hyper-present or imaginary future or fixed future or mutable past. But how long is it? And when is what is when? How many licks and their duration under the sun from season to season, tick-tock, wimby, woo-woo, gasha, mahal? This is time. To begin our examination of time, we need a sturdy examination table on which we can dissect all the difficult ideas that will lead us to what we assume is an understanding. To do that, let us journey into the vast universe of planets and stars and galaxies and skumagami like living refrigerators with spindly arms and an attitude. In that universe, let's imagine a planet with a civilization that doesn't understand time. There, we'll give it a name. Planet Mirnu. And one of them would like to set the clock.
What to do when you're selling the houses of the dead? Sometimes we have a situation where we're selling an estate. That is, a person will die intestate, and so we must sell their possessions as well as their house. Now, this is the department of a different type of agent. They will come in and assess the value of the things the decedent left behind and have an estate sale. Then, when the house is free of possessions, we can sell the property. Possessions are personal, though, and some that were of great value to the dead occupant may be of no value at all to anyone else. The house remains desirable, though. So I have, over the course of time, collected some odds and ends that were left in this material world by souls that have departed. Maybe it's a plastic snow globe or a crude ceramic made by a child, a keepsake. We say it has sentimental value. Sentimental value. That phrase implies worthlessness, a value that requires an emotional tie to the person or creature it's a reminder of. I never want to let those things go, though. Even if I don't know the meaning of the thing or what the dead Mima had in her heart when she saw that handprint in plaster as she passed it every day, but what I want to keep alive is the power of an object to point beyond itself, to be a catalyst for a grander emotion. And usually that emotion is love. Hey gang, if we're going to get to the museum on time for the exhibit, we got to get moving. Wait, I can't find my left shoe. Just grab the left shoe from another pair and let's go. But that's my lucky museum shoe. It helps me visualize chronological context for stuff I learn about history. Well, this exhibit will be history by the time we get there if we don't get moving. Oh, here it is. Had it on the wrong foot all along. All set. I swear there is nothing wrong with you. Thanks. You're the perfect idiot. At least I stick to stuff. Come on, you two. Stop fighting and let's go. This museum is cool. There's my third grade classroom. Look at this. It's Spiny's ancestors. Dogs used to be more like fish. Granted, it's his distant ancestors. Let's go straight to the reception and the unveiling of the belief shard. We are supposed to be guests of honor. I've never been a guest of honor. Not even at your own birthday party. In fairness, it's also National Recycling Day, and I think the planet is more important than little old me. Little? Cut it out. Hey, here comes the museum curator, Mr. Asaloom. Hey, Mr. Asaloom. Oh, thank goodness you're here. It's the shard. It's been stolen. Stolen? I imagine it was last night. We had the guards on duty, but when we opened up the vault this morning, it was gone. Gone? How can a fragment of belief just disappear? My uncle and my mom are dream divers. You are the center. Center. We go into alternative dimensional consciousness to look for game pattern artifacts. Not the center. You are not the center. You have to train a very long time in a free mind pool before you can go adcon diving. Dive. My mom is the instructor. She showed us how to use the assumption regulator and time our dives. Time. Everything. Sometimes we find little pieces of past truths that have been discarded and rebuilt on. Once, I found a geocentric worldview in some reason scat. Matter. And nothing. Matters. I'm really lucky to get to go with my mom and uncle on dives and learn about consciousness vis-a-vis -vis false collective knowledge. It's neat. What? What do you know? What do you I was scared at first, but floating in an experiential sea free from any firm foundation of thought is pretty exciting, and I hardly ever get scared anymore. Bye. Levi's. My grandpa is a ship's captain. Yes, Captain. He also used to be in vaudeville. Where are we? I asked him once why fire engines are red. He said a newspaper is red too. And two and two is four. And four and four is eight. And eight and four is twelve. And 12 inches is a ruler. And Queen Elizabeth is a ruler. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you. And Queen Elizabeth is a ship that sailed the sea. Uh. Oh, 
sea it is. And there's fish in the sea. And fish have fins. Well, I have fins. Oh, that's what, sir? And fins hate the Russians. And fire engines are always Russian. So that's why fire engines are red. He's also a pirate and 15th century artist, Albrecht Dürer. I like my grandpa and 30 style variety shows. Bye. Hello, information. You have reached the Universal Library Hotline. Hello. The Universal Information Library of Possible Worlds. State your question. Hello. Your question was below. Not below. Hello. What is not blowho? What is not blowho? Calculating answer. Blowho headquarters, may I help you? Oh, hi. I was calling the Possible Worlds Library and I accidentally asked what was not blowho. Things that are not blowho are like trees or rocket ships or clouds. Okay. Bloho makes a variety of products for human beings, but it's not a company. Is this a riddle? No. I mean, it's a universal benefit organization. Bloho makes everything from craft beers to fine porcelain decorative art to farm machinery all for free and paid for by King Lala's endless imaginary wealth. It's funny what you can learn from a misunderstanding. You mean, it's funny the reality misunderstanding can create. I love getting the wrong number. Here's a wrong number for you. 
that is good. You should sell it. Butchie, not everything has to be sold. Yeah, I don't know if I want to make money from it. No, because you like your job at the boondocks so much. The loading docks. But maybe you're right. It would be nice to not have to pick up boxes for a living. Do you think anybody would buy it? Of course. You'll still be picking up boxes, but you'll make a million dollars. Lou, don't listen to Butchie. It's very hard to start a business like that, and especially a food product. Yeah, if something's hard, don't do it. All I'm saying is, why not just enjoy your grandma's recipe? Maybe share it with friends. You love not getting paid. Listen, we can't live off his loading dock job salary forever. At some point, he'll be a cripple. Then what do we do? These are good points, Butchie. But even if I wanted to sell Grandma's jam, I don't know the first thing about it. Like, how do you get a barcode on the label? You're getting way ahead of yourself. Listen, I got a pal who can take your idea, make it a product, market it, distribute it all so fast you won't even realize it was ever your idea. Can you set me up? Oh, this doesn't sound good. You stay out of this, Peter Kropotkin. I'll show you how capitalism works. Okay. My buddy's name is Bill Sarjko. I'll give him a call and he'll be right over. All right. It's ringing. Hey, Bill, it's Butch. Yeah, man, I got a pigeon here. I mean, a friend here who has a product he wants to sell and it's actually really good. Yeah, he needs your help. So if you could... I'll get it. So if you could just come over and... I'll, oh, where's the young man with the idea? That was fast. There's no flies on Bill. In fact, I'm leasing them to a fly circus. Well, listen, my friend here made some of his grandma's jam, and it's really good. He wants to sell it, maybe. Here, have a taste. No need. No need. I trust you boys. And it doesn't matter if it's made from fly circus and navel jelly. I can sell anything. Now, tell me about your product, and I'll help you set up a plan. Well, it's my grandma's jam. First, we need a catchy name. A name is the most important thing. Oh, that's a bad sign. Well, we call it... Mama Brigitte's Loquat Ugly Fruit Jam with tamarind. That's the secret ingredient. No, 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 that won't do it all. But that's its name, or just Low Ugly Jam for short. No, it has to sing. It has to make the customer think it's ambrosia that will solve all their problems and give them vitality and beauty. Uh, it's for your toast. You're thinking too small, my boy. It's for the very fate of your soul. Well, it's all natural, so how about calling it Nature Preserve? Butchie, a nature preserve is where they have wild animals. Yeah, that's a good thing. Tell me about your granny. Well, she's from the islands. The islands, Irie, man, we be jamming. Oh, no, 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 it's not Jamaica, oh, Lord. We live in Kentucky, so how about Kentucky Jelly? Oh, gee, I never heard that one before. Shut up, it's funny. I like the island angle. What else do we know about Granny? Well, she's really sweet and wise, and she helps people a lot because she's a mambo. A what? She's a voodoo mambo. Voodoo! Voodoo jelly! It's magically devilishly good! Oh, no, 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 none of that bigoted misinformation about her tradition. I'm tired of the stereotypes from people who don't know anything about traditional religions. She helps people. She's like a psychologist, a healer, a friend, a guide. It's not some devil magic. That's so offensive. Maybe I don't want to do this. Wait, 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 wait. We can work around it. A name will come in due time. What's important is that we are selling a feeling. And the first step to selling a feeling is to sign a contract. But I'm not even sure I want to do this. Not sure. Did you hear that, everyone? She's not sure. I heard that. I understand. Why help strangers? What? Why help poor, unfortunate, lost strangers fill a need or find peace of mind by sharing your gift and your saintly grandmother's beautiful legacy? Well, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. No, I understand. Every man for himself, right? You go ahead and hoard your gift. The rest of the world will limp along without it. I, I, I don't want to seem selfish. Lou, this is not good. And who is this here? Oh, that's Hardy. He's anti-money. I'm not anti-money. Well, uh, look, 
Sometimes your friends don't know what's best for you. Sometimes they're jealous even and don't want you to succeed to realize your dreams are both changing and helping the world and gaining more resources so you can take care of your friends and family. They don't see the long game like you and I. Yeah, all right, well, where do I sign? Right here under the picture of the lollipop. Then you just hand the recipe over to me and in a few months, the checks will start rolling in. All right. Six months later... Package for Lou Register. Oh, that's me. Sign here, please. Okay, thanks. I like your dog. Uh, thanks. What dog? Oh, man, it talks. Go to hell. <laughs> Butchie, he thought you were a dog. It's the hat. What's that? It's a case of my grandma's jam. Mr. Sarjko said it hits the market tomorrow. Well, open it up. Here, use my knife. Jeez, Butchie. Oh, it's my grandfather's. It's for stabbing guys. Oh, no. Voodoo jamming. Spread the magic. Oh, no. Looks good. I told you he knew what he was doing. I told him this was offensive. This is not who we are. Lighten up. To sell stuff, you have to lie a little. Otherwise, you can't convince people to spend their hard-earned money on crap. My grandma's jam isn't crap. I know, but there's lots of other jams out there. You gotta stand out and pretend you're special. But she is special, and so is her jam. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lou. Why didn't you warn me, Hardy? Uh, okay. Well, you've learned a valuable lesson today. Thanks, Butchie. You're no help. Exactly. Well, I'm not sure there's much we can do. You signed a contract. This is a disaster, Hardy. Well, there's one upside. What's that? I switched the recipes. You what? I gave him a bogus recipe. I figured he'd give you a check up front and try to cheat you, so I gave him a bogus recipe. Good thinking, Butchie. So unless people like a jam made from toothpaste, cilantro, and marzipan, the joke's on Bill. Well, then let's just put all this behind us. Or under us. Give me the crate. I'm going to use it as a booster seat. What's this key open? I've never noticed it before. Probably opens a lock. Yeah. Okay. But which one? Who knows? Try it on a bunch and see what it opens. Good plan. Uh, excuse me, uh, is this your house? Uh, yes, officer. Yeah, it's his house. Why are you hassling him? There's been a lot of break-ins in the neighborhood. Using a key? But that key doesn't work. Oh, that's because I don't know what this key is for. This is your house, but you don't have the key. No, I have the key. I just found this one, and I'm trying to figure out what it unlocks. The key is not yours, then. The key is... I don't actually know. I found the key. You found it. Maybe on someone's key ring. No, I found it in my pocket. Wonder how it got there. I know! Anyway, Butchie suggested I try it on a bunch of locks to see what it opens. Maybe it opens handcuffs. Shouldn't you be pretending to give a speeding ticket to a toddler on a big wheel? All I know is, you don't have the key to your own lock. That's a bit suspicious. Key to understanding? Understanding? Is there a key to understanding? And here is your key, sir. Thank you. Oh, that's a credit card or something. No, sir, that is your room key. You swipe the lock. I did not. I haven't even been to the room yet. No, you insert the card in the lock, like a credit card. Oh, I've used a credit card to open a lock before, but only when I didn't have the key. Now you have the key, though. So, it's electronic. Oh, okay. Is this pretty much standard now? Pretty much. I'm a time traveler, you see, and things change so quickly. Hotel room keys used to be key-shaped, and also they'd have a, a return postage stamp on the back in case you forgot to return the key. You could just drop it in any mailbox, and it would get back to the hotel. Interesting story. Here's the key, and the Wi-Fi password is padlock. 
Keys come in many different shapes, I guess. The key to survival. Key to perseverance. What's behind this door? Be careful! There might not be anything behind that door. In which case we're fine. No, I mean like, maybe there's nothing on the other side of that door. You might plunge off a cliff or into an abyss or worse. Maybe there's just empty space on the other side. A vacuum. It looks like a closet where you'd keep a vacuum. I'm telling you, not every door needs to be open. Well, it's moot anyway. It's locked. Unless one of you has the key. Success! The key to success. The key to success. Hello everybody, I'm Mosa Howitz, and welcome to Montgomery Street Performance Room's Whose Door Is It Anyway? Our first contestant is Lou Register. I'm O. Lou, before you are three doors, is that correct? Yes. Are you going to shuffle them around and make me pick one like that game, Three Card Mo? No, there's no shuffling, but you will pick one. Three. Wait a second, jeez, I haven't explained the rules yet. Sorry. There are three doors. Behind one is a car. Behind the other two are goats. Greatest of all time cars. No, just goats with devil eyes and a weird smell. Oh, okay. I love goats. I could use a goat. No, you couldn't. Listen, you're going to try and pick the door with a car. Man, this is a win-win. I am guaranteed a goat or a car. You don't get the goat. The goat is symbolic of being a loser. Goat equals loser. Okay. Also, if the car is a GTO, the irony will not be missed. It's not a GTO. It's a Toyota or something. So pick a door. I'm going to go with door one, Mo. You said door one. Is that correct? If you forgot already, that makes me worry about your memory. You just worry about you. You said door one is the car. Oh, I actually don't know. I just sort of randomly picked the door. But you want the car. Not really. You want the damn car, and it's door number one. Okay. So what if I told you that, open up door three, Oliver, that door three is a goat. Oh, my God, he's adorable. I totally blew it. Hello, little friend. So that leaves two doors left, one and two. You picked one. Would you like to stick with one or change to door number two? Why would I change? It statistically increases your chances of winning but the car is either behind door one or it isn't. Correct. How does you showing me door three change things? It just does. Math. Change or not. So stick with door one or change to two. That is correct. So right now, I own neither the car nor the goat, but at the same time, I own both the car and the goat. I don't know, man. Now, if I started on door three, which is a goat, you would have revealed one of the other doors, correct? Yes. Which one? Come on, man. I'm thinking that the car is behind two, because why would you put two goats next to one another? That might spell trouble. Well, that makes no sense. If the car is behind two, then my reasoning is correct. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. If I stick with one and the car is there, then that does nothing to bolster the idea that switching increases my chances. Oh my God, just say a door. Three. I already opened three, it's a goat. Okay, what was my first pick? I honestly don't remember. Well, I'll switch from door number two to door number one then. <sighs> okay, open up door number one. It's the car. Hey, maybe this key fits the ignition. The key to the key to happiness. The key to the key to the key to the key to happiness. This one is the key to my office at one of my first jobs. A symbol of responsibility and trust. It ensured access to an exclusive space. It was important. This is a key to my old house. The key belonged to the previous owners. It might be the one that came with the lock. After I sold the house, I kept the key, but I am never again allowed to use it. This one 
This is the key to someone else's house. And this key is the key to happiness. A key is also an island. A key is an island. I never thought I'd own my own island, sir. Well, co-own. Yes, aren't we lucky? It's like a dream come true. I suppose if the alternative is drowning or burning in the ship fire, then this is preferable. I think sitting on the beach under a coconut palm is always preferable to death by fire or water, and also preferable to working for my brother-in-law at his sawmill. Still, we are stranded here. The crew is dead, the ship is gone, and all we have are the clothes on our back. And the treasure chest. And the treasure chest. What? What? You saved the treasure? Aye, I did, Captain. First thing I thought of, even before thinking of a way to put out the fire. I went below, I grabbed the chest, I strapped it to my back, I constructed a small raft, lowered it over the side, readjusted the chest on my back, went and got you, and here we are. We own our own island, and we have a chest full of treasure. You, my boy, are a genius. I figure since you're the captain, it rightfully belongs to you. But if there's a small gold ring in there, size 7, I wouldn't mind that since I lost mine when the sea witch stole it. Well, we'll see. Open the chest scene. Can't, sir. Why not? It's locked. Locked? Well, where's the key? Bottom of the ocean, I reckon. You didn't bring the key. That's in your cabin, I believe, sir. Oh, true. You hold the key. Well, not at this time, so let's smash it open. Can't do that, sir. Why not? First of all, it's made of very tough material. And second of all, you yourself said that only the holder of the key may open this chest. I did, I did, and I am the holder of the key. Not presently, sir. But you said it was mine. It is, sir. Well, I'm giving a new order. Open it. Only the key holder can do that. There is no key holder. Yes, there is, Captain. The sea. The sea now holds the key. Unbelievable. Well, you're not getting your ring. What key is it in? A minor key or a major key? Which key is it? It's the key to understanding. It's the key to happiness. It's the key to success. Which key is it? Is that it? What's the key to success? What's the key to happiness? How do you get in? Space, 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 the key. What's the key? I got a locked briefcase handcuffed to my wrist. So it looks as though I'm transporting important or valuable treasure. And it's assumed I do not have the key to either the cuffs or the case, rendering the theft of the treasure an impossibility. But we all know this to be an illusion, because the case is easily taken from me by cutting off my hand and easily opened with a paperclip. Key. Key to pitch? Pitch key? I used to think Ringo was saying, I'll try not to sing out a key, like he was avoiding singing out something that was a virtual or rather a literal key, a device or pattern that unlocks something, like, like he sings out a number code that you could use to punch in to get a digital download of something you already purchased, let's say, in vinyl form. The key to understanding you is that there's something very wrong with your brain. Some things that you miss here are code, I think. Evan. Five, one, three. Come in, it's unlocked. Come in, it's unlocked. Come on in. That was Come On In, The Door Is Unlocked by Hardy White. And before that, I get by with a little help. From my friends, this is Emperor Hadrian, and the theme of tonight's program is locks. 
I am a big fan of walls, as you know, but walls with ends are useless. The only effective wall encloses absolutely like a castle or a dungeon, because the only real way to shut out the world is to hide in a small prison cell. The only thing that need keys are locks. And if it were not for locks and the idea of shutting out, keys would be unnecessary. Because think about it, who do you want the key holders to be? Ooh, it's so arty. I don't even know what I meant. Um, I think that's a good thing. I shouldn't know what I meant. If I knew what I meant, then that might be too much. And it's a very good thing for maybe you to find that out. I like, like if I wrote a mystery book and I don't know who did it. That's Wilkie Collins' The Moonstone. I, I believe that. No, no, that has an ending. What's the ending? Oh, it's not a mystery. The, the Poe, uh, Arthur Gordon Pym. That doesn't have an ending. Um, the boat just goes into a whirlpool or something. But who knows? And then lots of, I'm sure, endless fan fiction after that. Say, like, I've written an ending to Arthur Gordon Pym. No, you don't need to. Not everything has to have an ending. Not everything has to make any sense. Or Sometimes it's just, for instance, if you're watching a movie on an airplane, depending on the length of the flight, there's always, you know, no flight is exactly the length of the movie. Not usually. So either you don't finish the first one or, you you know, the third one you got to dump 15 minutes in. It's still entertaining. And most of them you really don't have to finish or want to. But it can help you pass the time if you feel, like, scared and imprisoned. And that's the way I look at the radio show. It's something there for you to help you in times when you say, hey, I'd watch or I'd listen to anything, really. And maybe it'll make me think. You know, especially if the person, the artist isn't really thinking. I can think for them. They're just giving me some raw material. Hey, I'm just a, I'm a pile of construction paper. I'm a bunch of old magazines waiting to be cut up. So just cut all the good parts out of them, paste them together, and then you make your own sort of message. So the, the media isn't the message. The media is the thing that you cut up and reassemble, reassemble, reassemble into your preconceived idea of the message. So you've probably already decided on a message. Just make everything fit that. That's a way to do it, too. Oh, my goodness. You see faces everywhere. You don't see complex systems. So what do you see in this ink blot? Oh, something terribly complex. Some Mandelbrot thing. No, it was a face. Face I don't see. I wasn't looking for them, though. So I was looking for the most complicated answer, and I should have been looking for the simplest one. But it probably isn't the simplest one. And you'll notice that in nature, too. A lot of the faces you see are just uh, protective coloring on something's butt. And uh, many of the people you see during the day could be the how would you know? You know, if you don't focus on something... You know, you don't even know what it could be. It could be all these things that you think that's some uh, buddy running the fruit stand, but it's really a butterfly's behind. And it just looks like a face. It's supposed to scare you away. Don't attack me. I'm, I'm not a, a helpless creature's uh, hindquarters. I'm a proper, proper face. And I'll tell somebody. I don't know why a face is scarier. I'm more scared of like an animal's hindquarters because a lot of times they'll shoot something from their anal gland at you, like a honey badger or something, and you're covered with stink. And a face, what's a face going to do? Smile at you? It's got to be, a face is like a knife. It's got to be right up on you to do any damage. Oh, my goodness, thank you for being with me. I am so blessed. This is also, I think, the final of the Hell uh, Razor. So kick in some great money for this show and others. And we, we love you. Thank you for those of, who have already been so generous. So I love that hearty. Um, uh, that's good. Just keep saying that. I love that. That makes me feel good. And uh, say to everybody you give money to, say, I love that hearty. Just make that the thing you say when you spend money. 
Well, you're listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online, WFMU.org worldwide. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for listening. I'll see you again next week. generous intelligent listener october is come october is come the hellraiser in its sidecar donate today october is come breezing like a harley d down that spiraling thoroughfare we call time the hellraiser in its sidecar palms outstretched in the crisp autumn air careening into the ever earlier sunset please donate today https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org enter https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org into your browser's query field that's correct a listener just like yourself can use an internet just like your own to sustain this 24-hour transmission please donate today https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org one half scroll downward click the words pledge now from there i will leave it to the spirit to guide you dearest listener my dear generous intelligent listener october is come october is come the hellraiser in its sidecar donate today october is come Breezing like a Harley D down the spiraling thoroughfare we call time. The Hellraiser in its sidecar. Palms outstretched in the crisp autumn air, careening into the ever earlier sunset. Please donate today. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash.
Thank you.